This is Nader Sadek, and you're listening to Level 3 Studios Podcast. All right, hey everybody, this is Eric Schultek, and welcome to the Level 3 Studios Podcast. Hope everyone's doing well out there. Today we're talking with Nader Sadik on his upcoming release called The Seraphium. Uh, if you don't know who he is, uh, look him up. Uh, he's got a great catalog of awesome metal going back a few years. Um, and uh, we have an amazing conversation coming up about the inspiration behind the project. So many killer people involved, uh, including Carl Sanders of Nile, Derek Roddy, um, of Serpent's Rise, of course, early Nile days, just a bunch of talented musicians and a lot of people involved to make this happen. There's a amazing video that they shot along with it that's uh, coming out first, um, where we'll get into specifics uh, in the upcoming interview. But uh, phenomenal story and backstory behind the origins of this idea, uh, getting everything to come together uh, to create just this uh, wonderful music. So I mentioned the Seraphium comes out in a few days, so Natter's been really busy getting ready for the release, but we were able to get a good hour of his time to uh, to get it right from the source and discuss um, the song, the video, uh, the players, how everything came together, um, the locations. Uh, it, it's quite the story. So let's jump into the conversation. Uh, we'll head over to Cairo, Egypt, and check in with our buddy Natter Sadek. Hey everybody, Eric Schultek here with the Level 3 Studios podcast, and today we're talking to Nader Sadek from Egypt, from Cairo actually, um, on his project. Um, uh, he's got a new video coming out that we're going to talk about, a new song with some uh, some artists that you may recognize, but how's it going today, man? That's right. It's going pretty good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing, doing well, uh, as well as I can be for it. You know, here it's getting like fall, so it's temperatures dropping rapidly, and I I fear the snow is right around the corner, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah, feeling those uh, season change allergies yet? Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. That with the uh, everything that's going on with COVID and everything, yeah, it's been, this is the time of year where you really got to watch out for all that stuff, so I'm washing my hands a ton. and I don't even know, like, back in the, back in the past, how many times I actually thought about that, but you know how many times we go to, like, the gas station or a store and we're you know, putting our pin number in for anything we buy, and then um, everyone's touching that thing too. You know, I mean, it's just crazy to think about how we never really, how I never really thought about that before in terms of like washing my hands after doing all that stuff repeatedly. You know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, at least we're not out licking doorknobs. So, you know. <laughs> that's right. So, um, so. We met uh, a couple years ago at uh, the Chicago Death Fest when you guys were um, headlining down there. Um, and of course, I'd been a fan of your music for for a long time. The first record I actually heard of yours was when Flo was playing drums um, on the Flesh album. And wow, I mean, I just like, I like albums that are like stories and that go, for, you know, you listen in an order and it goes from kind of start to finish. And your live performance on top of that was like, was really cool. It was different. It was a story. It went from point A to point B. Um, 
And uh, so it was more than just music. It was like a theatrical performance as well. So is that something you've always been interested in, or is this just part of this particular band? Yeah, well, uh, man, thank you very much. And I, I really appreciate that you, uh, I mean, you see it that way and you appreciate it that way. Sure. So I appreciate that you appreciate it. Um, and yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, um, I mean, honestly, I, I, I'm not a musician. Like, um, I mean, God knows my, my parents tried. I mean, they, they really did, but I just could never get into, like, you know, being, having, uh, like, you know, to, to want to practice an instrument. Um, I just like to draw and, uh, like, come up with, like, you know, weird ideas and play with my toys and, you know, create, create, uh, stories you know so i you know um the closest i can really try and categorize myself is is like a, a director uh like a movie director uh, but i apply those things to uh to like everything i i do and and i mean also it could be seen as like a producer mm. um that's just how i approach things and and you know, both both uh, director and producer are I mean, they're all, they're kind of um, they're almost both kind of vague uh, responsibilities or skills um, because um, you know it's about you know bringing all the right stuff together and then making sure like everything congeals and making sure everything is right. But then you know, as a as a producer, you also like write the stuff. Right. Uh, yeah. Don't There's a lot so, to that. I mean, that's a lot of work on the back end that a lot of people sometimes do not see. But it takes, um, a, you know, a very talented individual to, you know, kind of get the picture in their head on what they want to do, right? And then make it actually come to life. Uh, it's a challenge of its own. Yeah, I mean, the the cool thing is when you're working with pros or like people who are like really fucking amazing, like, for example, Derek Roddy, Jim Ross or Steve Tucker, you know, that, yeah. uh, you know, a lot of things can be, be very easy. Um, at the same time, I mean, yeah, there's definitely challenges. Uh, you know, there's a lot of thought that goes into it. But yeah, I mean, it's like a thankless job. Like, it's pretty invisible and people don't see it. But that's the thing also is that I'm actually like a visual guy. I'm a, I'm a visual artist. So I try to make the things that are invisible visible and interesting so uh for example like the stage design which um my first i mean I, i've always done it for my projects and i also made like a lot of installation art that was in art galleries and museums but uh Attila shihar from uh mayhem he, he saw some of my work and he started um asking me to make masks for him and you know i started showing him like what I do also like on a stage or in a gallery or something. Mm, mm-hmm. He invited me to do that for Mayhem in 2009, which was their very first time touring America with him. Um, so that was like, you know, uh, just like pushed me to, you know, kind of get even more creative with it. Yeah. And uh, that's, uh, you know, it's, it, yeah, I mean, to, to answer your question, because I know I kind of tangent there, but, 
know, I try to make my my approach in the end, like when I when I look back at it or when I try to look at it objectively, is like I, I think I'm kind of viewing it as uh, as theater, um, as like you know, stage and theater and actors, you know, and uh, eventually I became one of those actors or you know, right. back further like a performer uh, because even uh, the way I vocalize like I approach it way more theatrically than I approach it musically which may <laughs> may bother some musicians because I'm probably never really on time and stuff <laughs> but uh, but I don't know you know I try to you know I try to make things that to make it that it's me right. and uh and how I interpret my influences. Yeah, no, man, I, I, I get it for sure. Um, I didn't really know much about, you know, how you would kind of get higher different pros for these different um, albums and, um, and all that stuff until, you know, uh, a, a few years ago. But it, so it's kind of like you, you have a vision in your head, you find the people that are going to help you um, complete that mission and... That's kind of what you do. Yeah, well, thanks, man. I, I'm, glad, I'm glad you see it that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, can you give me like a little bit of history of like, I know, you know, you're a fan of, of, of old death metal, and that's probably where a lot of the influences started from, but you want to give me just like a little background on, on how you kind of got to where you're at now, you know what I mean, with the band? Yeah, um, uh, again, it's like super... Strange. I mean, I, I, I really didn't so much plan it that way, but uh, basically, I went to a co- an art college in Minneapolis, Minnesota, uh, and there I actually studied graphic design, but um, I was kind of like rebelling against myself in a way, and I was doing something called installation art, which is basically creating environments that, you know, people would walk in. So, like, you, you're given, like, a space, a room, and you're supposed to create something in that room that will somehow, like, provoke a reaction from people. Hmm. Like, that's more or less what installation art is. Um, it's, like, it's like a, a subgenre from, uh, like, conceptual and modern art, and, you know, um, Give, give me yeah. Do you have an ex- give me an example if you have one on the top of your head? Like, what would be an example of walking into that room? What kind of reaction? Like, um, well, I mean, like this kind of conceptual art started, I think, uh, in, maybe in like the fifties. Uh, uh, artist called Marcel Duchamp. Uh, he was French, and he just called a urinal in the art gallery, like an actual urinal. Uh-huh. He, he didn't even build it or anything. He just found a urinal and <laughs> put it in the gallery. And, and, and he basically, what the point was like, well, like what is actually art? Because someone actually sculpted the urinal. Like, like, you know, like right. the is, is actually a sculpture. It's mass manufactured, but like the beginning of it was sculpted by someone. So, why is this not considered art, you know? So it's something that's like, you know, trying to provoke, uh, like, for lack of a better word, like a 
higher level of thinking, like how 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 we look at things. How all right, yeah. It's but I mean, like you know, and and this was like in the fifties where, um, you know, people were starting to really uh, think, trying to think outside the box. Like you know, is a painting art or is it decoration? You know, uh, you know, what I mean, because like you put it on your wall, so. You know, there's just like so much, you know, um, you can you can kind of take from it or or not. I mean, you can just look at a painting and, and it's just like a painting of a barn, you know, and, you know, and, and it's just it could just be a decoration or it could have a political meaning. Like, for example, yeah. uh, what kind of barn is it? Where is it? Like, you know, uh in that in the state where this barn was built, uh, is it legal to have a barn? And then how many animals can be? In? You know what I mean? So like, yeah, there's a lot to there's it. There's just so much that you can you can do, and also was kind of um, there was a movement called Dadaism, and it was created by Germans who were against Hitler and, and the, you know the, mm-hmm. the Third Reich. So they and they were like challenging everything. Because the Third Reich, everything was was very strict and and grid like, you know. And Germans who were against uh, Third Reich were trying to break out of that. So you know, and that's kind of like just the beginning of conceptual art. Like, yeah, and a lot of artists just took off with it, and it kept getting more and more abstract. So. Um, so one of one of the very first exhibitions I made was, it was uh, I built a like a giant maze like just like a giant like a it was like inside a warehouse. Cool. And um, it, inside the inside the maze there was different sculptures that I had made that kind of referenced different types of uh, or represented I mean uh, different types of immortality or beliefs of immortality. So, uh, one of them could be like cloning, uh, or, or, or like believing in a religion, um, or believing, uh, you know, that takes you to heaven or believing in reincarnation. And, um, I can't really describe sculptures. They're, I mean, they're kind of abstract, but, um, you know, but you interact with the, with the, with the maze because you have to find yourself, uh, in it and whenever you get to a certain piece um, you know I, I feel like the past you chose is the past that led you to that thing and that's kind of how we also uh, stumble upon our own beliefs uh, which is like we choose a path uh, either by random or by trying to calculate uh, which way is the way out you know, and we, and we end up somewhere. Um, so that was like one of my first pieces and that was, um, got some really good reviews. Then, um, I moved to New York, um, where I did another piece and I wanted to get, um, I wanted, I really wanted to work with death metal in a conceptual way. Like I, I wasn't, uh, I don't know how to word to use but I mean I, I just didn't think anything about me actually making music but I wanted music to be part of it so mm. and what I did was 
trying to compare my experience as a metalhead in Egypt or had like long hair and wore black and right. you know people would think I was like you know a devil worshiper and then I you know I'd be, I'd get insulted and right that you know by passersby and uh, because people just saw me and just thought that I was like this devil you know right right um, but when I moved to New York um, it was of course like way past nine eleven and you know, I was just kind of trying to uh, think of how, like, foreigners in America or people who have, like, foreign uh, uh, appearances, uh, how they're treated. For example, like, a woman who's failed, uh, like, how she can be treated by, you know, people around her. And so I, I dressed up as a veiled woman. And I walked around New York, and like I walked into like Victoria's Secret and stuff, and <laughs> I, I could tell that were uncomfortable, and like the he's there didn't know like how to approach me, like you know because it's like super awkward, you know. Yeah. And, um, and it kind of, and I just I did it because what is what exactly is you know I mean is someone gonna assault me or or but but I mean. Not that I expected it, um, and I also like the law in America is far more civilized than, than the Middle East. So, uh, you know, I knew that nobody would would actually like physically harm me. Uh, but definitely, I got some weird reactions, and I end up making a, a piece, like an art art piece, uh, based on that. Um, and that was exhibited in an art gallery, and and the art itself was I drew like failed women inside of uh, what looked like typical death metal um, covers. Mm. And what, what I realized is that the two cultures are in a way, in a really very strange way, kind of similar because it didn't look like the figure was out of place because the figure itself, like a fully, you know, fully you know, um, covered woman in black, inside of a, you know, deteriorating fortress, you know, with, like, tentacles coming out. Like, it fits, you know? Sure. And, um, I, and, and basically the, the idea is that um, we, we judge way too quickly, you know, and, um, and you know, and of course, like, the, the work got a lot of backlash because they were like, Oh, like, what are you trying to say? You're trying to say like Muslims are evil, and uh, I was like, well, I mean, if you interpret it that way, then you know that's probably your problem because no, I'm just commenting on perception. Like, you know, it could be that this person was forced to dress that way, uh, or maybe they were conditioned to dress that way. Uh, you know, uh, you know, it's the same. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, you have way too many preconceived notions. And things are layered, you know what I mean? Like, life is complex and layered, and jumping to conclusions, uh, you know, really quickly is very dangerous, you know, because it can incite hate very quickly. Absolutely. So, anyway, um, so a museum saw that, and for, for that, actually, I had contacted Steve Sucker, and, uh, and we got in touch with Trim from Emperor, 
and Alex Skolnick and Ralph Santua and uh, actually also Jared Anderson um, who passed away. Right. But they were all like, um, uh, also Ralph Santua passed away. Um, but um, but they, you know, they they got into it. I think probably Santua and Trim, like they were just, you know, interested in doing it anyway. I, I don't think they actually registered the concept but i know skonic was really into it and uh, uh and jared anderson thought it was really cool and, and and steve was like pretty into it too like he thought it was interesting you know and, and somehow eye-opening so uh like uh he, he composed a song for me and uh you know and then like the other guys played uh with the exception of jared because he, he passed away before uh, but we, we made it and it was, it was in the, that first exhibition and then, uh, museum, uh, curator saw it and she was like, Hey, we, you know, we'd love to have you like make a kind of performance based on that, uh, based on this concept. So, you know, you know, they gave me like a budget and, um, uh, we ended up performing the song live in the museum, like just this one song. Huh. So that was pretty fucking awesome. I mean. Like right, right. Made, there was like a bunch of metalheads showed up at the museum, um, and it's kind of started to get traction from from that point on. Like that, there's this like death metal thing called you know Nadimsaik, and yeah, and uh, I mean you know um, it was just such a cool experience that you know I was like you know I really want to take this further. So, like, I was already working on, like, other concepts, like, um, the next one was uh, heavily heavily influenced by this obsession I have with, I had, I mean, I don't think about it as much anymore, but uh, about petroleum, uh, because uh, I think it's, uh, it's a very weird, uh, it's very weird that humanity um, has found a way to dig something up from the ground that's basically dead. Uh, and turn it into energy uh, that pollutes the the, the planet, and, uh, and then we fight wars over it. And, uh, and then I started seeing all these parallels with like the biblical hell, like um, like it's full of sulfur and it burns and it's poisonous. And you know, and and in a way, I I made this connection between petroleum and and the devil, hmm. and um, and and in a way, how how we're all addicted to because if you look around you like there's probably nothing around you that's not somehow impacted by petroleum whether like there's plastic in it or it's there's a varnish or uh or even like even if, if it's like something that's made out of wood then most likely it was transported in a, in a vehicle that runs on gasoline so even it getting to you getting into your city or whatever like you know somehow like it was influenced by petroleum and and to me, that's like, you know, the equivalent of like heroin or, uh, or, or the devil where that we, like a devil that we worship, you know? sure. um, uh, or, or a drug that we're addicted to. So that was, um, you know, that was like, that, that's what in the flesh is about. And, uh, got a bunch of cool dudes, uh, oh, yeah. um, on it, a uh, bunch of not so cool dudes too. Um. <laughs> Uh, we, we we made this record and uh, it was really bizarre because um, 
it was really my first i mean it was like an album not like a song that like you know yeah 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 it was more it was also like um there was like a contract with like a label and you know there was like all these factors and we're flying this dude out and this guy out and and we're going into like a real studio um and it was weird because uh we were supposed to come up with like uh six real songs and uh tucker had already written that one song so we used that and he had already like i had i had sort of worked with him like just for fun for like a few years between uh that one performance and uh the you know getting this record deal and but uh you know the other guys like they came up with one song and so I was freaking out because I was like, oh my God, like, it's a record label contract. That's to me. So I started writing a song. Uh, so I wrote two songs. Uh, one of them is Negredo and Necromance, mm-hmm. uh, which I wrote start to finish. I mean, it's like super simple, but. Uh, yeah, it's gr- yeah, I love it, man. That's a killer song. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I mean, that's literally, I sat down with a guitar. And like I had like an idea for a melody, that you know, spent hours trying to figure it out. But the funny thing is, it's like three chords. <laughs> so I mean, it was like super simple. But for someone who's not a musician, it was like, oh my god! Like, you know, I mean, I, I just like was freaking out. But sometimes I, I simpler is better, man. Harmony, wrote it to the other guys, and they were like, yeah, that's actually really cool. And you know, um, they added the beat, and you know, and then they riffed off the harmony. Uh, and then I did spoken word vocals on it yep. in, the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the studio. And then the other song is Petrophilia, which I wrote uh, most of the melodies on, on, on like a virtual keyboard that I had just like downloaded from the internet. Yeah. Uh, and used the uh, computer's keyboard as, a, as keys. Um, so mm-hmm. I made that, um, and then I showed it to them, and then, Know, they played it on guitar and then you know again like added beats uh, but um yeah so we end up yeah like going to the studio with six songs and then i had also in the meantime like tried to figure out uh, how to make these like atmospheric pieces and so um you know i got me and uh, me and attila were really tight at the time so um uh you know i asked him to do some like weird vocal stuff and did and he sent it to me and then you know we, we end up using that's uh, great that's awesome the creative process is a lot of work but it, it's it's a lot of fun at the same time and um and plus the pressure that you're saying going in you know with the budget to the studio to do six songs coming off of when you just did one previously well it came out great yeah thanks man i mean um i mean i had nothing to do with that first song well i mean there was this like middle part that, but I mean, I, I can't really take any credit for that. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's called uh, it's called Soulless, but at the time it was called Faceless. But we we changed it for In the Flesh, and we changed a couple of things. Um, so we changed it to Soulless. But yeah, man. So that was In the Flesh, and uh, that was that was uh, you know the reception from that was mind blowing. Um, like people seemed to love it. Then people in my home home country Egypt like they were blown away, cool. and so that 
awesome, like, you know, hearing all these people, like, you know, uh, cheer, cheer on and, and encourage me to do more. Right, right. Um, so we did a live album um, because I kind of was also disappointed with how the label marketed the album. Um, so I wanted to kind of, like, get a get a better idea on how to, you know, make, uh, you know, market, market the album myself. Um, so I, I did that and, um, yeah, and then we, um, then we like wrote a bunch of stuff and made, uh, like this thing that came out with Decibel and that's going to come out much later, uh, like next year, like, like a re-recording of it, uh, but way bigger and like a full album. We did this thing with Decibel that was like four, four tracks. Uh, but anyway, to talk about like, you know. The, the Serapium, um, okay, so, yeah, the Serapium was really interesting because what happened was uh, this uh, metal website that's based in Cairo called CairoMetal.net, and and they would just, they kept kind of bugging me about, like, you know, doing something with Carl Sanders, and, and I was like, yeah, I mean, I'm of course I'm down, but, you know, what do you guys have in mind? They're like, yeah, you know, like, what if you play the solo on your record and stuff, and and I was just like, you know, like, that's fucking awesome. I mean, I'd be honored, but, you know, I mean, I think you should do something more, you know. And uh, I remember reading many interviews where he says he's actually, he ever, actually never been to Egypt. Right. <laughs> the irony there. Yeah, mm. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, I get it too, because, you know, you, I mean, if you don't know anyone here and you're just, you know, go down and you know it's like right. i don't know i mean i i totally get it um but you know so i made it my responsibility you know and sure uh, and yeah so um so you're reading this you're you're reading this online and you're kind of getting the wheels turning about doing something um with carl so the be- the beginning of the process of of thinking about the seraphium started after you were inspired by reading this stuff on the website, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Like I, I had always like wanted to bring them. Right. Um, and you know, I saw an opportunity to do so. Um, and I was like, I got to take it because, you know, uh, this is probably, you know, going to be, uh, you know, it's, it's also, gonna, it's going to, it's going to be fun for him. You know what I mean? Sure. And, and that's something that's also like super important for me to do is like, I mean, I, I don't want to be someone who, you know, just, I don't want to be someone who just like hires people and, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. that's what I'm about. Like I'm about like culture and art and like, mm-hmm. you know, helping others become cultured, you know, and I get cultured in the process as well. And, you know, because that's what, you know, hopefully that's what will bring us all together and, Sure. Help us like not be constantly in conflict. You know what I mean? Like that, that's like that's the power of art. You know. Um, well, it's a killer. It's a killer song and a killer video that's going to accompany it for sure. Uh, I appreciate you letting me take a quick peek of it before it comes out. Is it still planning to drop on Wednesday? This Wednesday? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's coming out on uh, Wednesday. Via Decibel magazine, so I'm Ooh. really excited because they've been awesome. They've 
they've always supported me and uh, they've been just really great. So I really appreciate that they're continuing to, continue to do this. So what, so what was the idea, the original idea behind, I mean, I know you wanted to get Carl to, to come out there and work on something with him, but the idea behind the Seraphium and everything that this song and video is about, um, why was this subject or why would this particular focus? Um, well, um, you know, I also, you know, it's kind of like continuing what I was saying before, which is. I constantly want to find new things that really weren't tackled or done before. I mean, I'm not trying to be, you know, trying to say I'm like super original or anything, but, but I'm just trying to always be, I mean, I'm always trying to find things that can, can just give more insight or different insight than what, what we know. So when you say Egypt, like the very first thing that people think of is like ancient Egypt, of course, and what is what is about what is it about ancient Egypt that attracts people? Well, it's like the first thing also is the biggest thing, which is which, which are the pyramids, you know? mm-hmm. right? They're they're till this day they are a mystery of really how they were built, you know. Um, but then uh, the Serapium is actually even more dis- difficult to grasp uh, because the pyramids like it just it just really took like an insane amount of manpower just like thousands of people uh, like you know lifting these stones and these you know these rocks and, and cutting them and you know uh, but it's it's extremely difficult but it's doable if <laughs> if you have like thousands of people willing to sacrifice their life but in generations of people too i mean it didn't go up overnight right i mean it's like you work on it for lifetimes yeah i mean basically once the you know once the the, the chosen one becomes the pharaoh at, at that point from that point on like the servants but not slaves but the servants the pyramid builders, they have to start working on it. They would start right that, away, yeah. That moment on, because, you know, yeah, exactly. The, That's crazy. Not, it gets built overnight, right? But the Serapium is even more mind-blowing because um, Serapium is, first of all, it's it's, uh, it's a cave. It's like a burial chamber. Uh, it's like a giant cave. And there's a dozen... Um, sarcophagi inside this cave and each sarcophagi weighs um, approximately 80 tons oh man so that's fucking heavy no kidding and um, there's absolutely no way that people have put them in there I mean like they, they really don't know how they got those things in there it just it makes no because everyone's like well yeah i mean come on like putting something in the ground is way easier than putting something you know like than building the pyramid but not true because um this is a cave which means like there's a ceiling and the ceiling itself is rock so this is something that was taken down and moved oh it's wild inside 
the like e each each sarcophagi is like in an enclosure inside the cave. So that means that someone also like had to carve into the rock to make these chambers to put the sarcophagi in it. So yeah. it's it's really completely mind-boggling, and I really never heard of anyone talking about it. Or I mean, there's one guy on YouTube um, who made a video about it, uh, or maybe two guys. I mean, it's like it's on Wikipedia. It's not like yeah, it's not like, it's not like I discovered. It. It's a tourist site. You know, people go there on a daily basis. But um, but uh, also, actually, the guy who told me about it is uh, is uh, is a guy who. Is uh, a doctor. He's a professor. And, uh, he's an Egyptologist, and he told me that uh, you know, because I asked him, you know, I was like, "Hey, like, what what is something that's like really fascinating that you know I have I would have as someone living in Cairo have easy access to?" He's like, oh man, like you got to check out this rapture. Oh, cool! And when he said that, I was like, "Oh, the name is so fucking." Yeah, right. I was gonna say that the na the name is cool. So I went and checked it out, and it just blew my mind. And I tried to like, and then there's like all these theories because they see like serapiums. Like there's many serapiums. There's even serapiums in Greece. Mm -hmm. This serapium, that the one that's here, that's in Giza, um, is 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 really weird. And and what a serapium actually means, it's a um, it's a per, it's a burial site for either um, lambs or bulls. Actually, the word comes from serapis. Which is the Greek word for uh, bull? I think. Interesting. All right. So, yeah. So, so I, I, yeah, I fell in love with the place, and I was like, "This is where I'm taking Carl and Derek and Mahmoud." And um, yeah, and then, uh, and then, uh, and then we we, uh, we we discussed it with Carl's management for almost like like almost a year and a half before. Uh, I mean. We had to like you know really convince them and stuff, and we did, and they came, and, um, and of course you know Derek's like a super good friend of mine, right? Doing stuff forever together, so it was a no brainer. I mean, he's also like literally the fucking best drummer in metal, so you know. And the plus of that is that him and Carl have really great chemistry, mm -hmm. which is something that I always have to worry about because. You can have two really great people, but if they if they if they can't come uh, you know eye to eye on certain things, then you know. And and I've always been lucky that I I mean that's very true. Very true. Yeah, it's only happened like once or twice where I had people who like had a really hard time like working together and mm -hmm. like, you know doing certain things and you know um you know it's just like a luck thing for me but it's also like a it's it's made me have to think harder about like whether these two you know because it's always yeah. like the guitarist and the drummer um you know no offense to bassist but you know bassist can always like accommodate right but the drummer and the guitarist aren't feeling it together then like you know you're in trouble because i mean the bassist isn't gonna save that you know yeah, yeah. You know, the cool thing about it is, you know, the origins of Nile are are with Derek too. You know, and so to to have these guys playing together again is cool in itself. You know, in yeah. Egypt, Carl's first time to Egypt, and it's just, uh, yeah, the whole story is, uh, I don't know, the whole story is very cool. Oh, sweet man, yeah, I'm glad you think so. 
So they came over and I wanted to ask you, how big is uh, the Seraph the cave? Uh, it's, I mean, like the, the square footage of like the, like the, you know, the walking area. I can't really give you any numbers because I'm terrible with that, but it's like how you would imagine like the average, an average church mm, okay. in America. Like, yeah. Uh, an average church, um, it's like, that's like the square footage of the, uh, of the space. But then the, the height is probably like four meters. Uh, but then it also like where, and that, and that's where, well, that's where you walk. Yeah. Right. Uh, but then the sarcophagi, they're they're in the walls, and the, you know the the walls are carved in like they scooped out all the. Oh, I see. Okay. Make it uh, make it into rooms, like chambers inside, like the the hallway. It's like it's like a giant hallway. It's uh, it's I wouldn't say it's a maze, but it's it could have become a maze hmm. if they had kept going. Like it definitely would have gotten like a little confusing. But it's like a, it's like one long hallway, and then there's two, two paths to the right, and um, uh, and then and then there's an area that has all these uh, also like scooped rock off the wall, uh, like little holes in the wall where they put like offerings. Like uh, I think it was like back in back when they built it. Um, offerings for for the for the bull god you know right um, wow so there and of course all that stuff is either looted or in the museum but they mm-hmm. didn't leave it there so there's just like these holes in the walls um and then like inscriptions uh like hieroglyph hieroglyphic inscriptions on the wall uh in and around where those offerings were supposed to be um that's cool. I can see how it's really inspiring to go check that out before you start writing and stuff and jamming. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in the video, you see it. You see, it's like I don't know if you noticed it. It's a, it's a very. It's during the solo, and there's a. It's like a sped up, uh, you know, walk through. Yep. The vacuum uh, itself. It's like a cave, and, uh, and the beginning of the video also you. See filmed the, the sarcophagus uh one of the one of the sarcophagi we filmed. that's awesome yeah thanks man that's awesome so you, the, the cool part about it though is is the vocals you got to tell us about the, the the cool story with the vocals in this song oh uh, yeah well uh, okay so you know um you know i've been singing live for the last uh four years i never really you know I, again, I don't. I'm not a musician, so it's like the studio experience is also very strange for me because it almost feels like it's more of like a, like a it's like a rehearsal because the actual art that's performed like needs to have like I feed off the people, right? Totally. Um, yeah, I get you. And and that's also why like you know practicing is is really weird for me because it's like. You know, I just feel very lonely. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, it's just not, it's just not how I, like. Yeah, it's not know, it's how like you are. I uh, balance the energy off the people. So, right. so 
again, like to, to do it, like I, I really had to think of like a way to, to make it exciting for me and to make it like not I'm in this box and, uh, you know, it, with like, uh, you know, uh, uh, what do you call those things? The things that you put on the wall so the sound, the, the sound doesn't bounce. Yeah, like sound baffling or uh, uh, diffusers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because it's 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 like super sterile. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, sure. Kind of yeah, a little bit. So so um so so I I found this one pyramid, which that there there's barely any tourists go to it because it's kind of far away. It's in an area called Dashur, and um, because you know people just go to the great uh pyramids of giza mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. and those are like the those are the giant ones you know, they're, they're, they're really big um but i you know i, I had gone there i think i had gone there almost by accident just out of curiosity or as a or as a tourist myself um and i went in there and i was alone in there and i was like well you know like i can probably do this here and um and I went home, and I wanted to read more about this pyramid, which is uh, which is called the pyramid where it belonged to a pharaoh called Snefru. Snefru. And yeah, and um, it's but it's also known as the Red Pyramid, even though it's not red. It's just slightly has like a burnt ochre, uh, reddish, uh, uh, more like orangey kind of color. Mm. But for some reason they called it red. And, um, and then I found out that, uh, a crazy thing about specifically this pyramid is that the chambers were built to manipulate the sound frequency when you're in there. So, and of course that, that couldn't have been something that was like haphazardly made. This was definitely intentional. Like this is something that was designed and had a function and of course, no one knows what the function is. I know that's what's so cool about it. It's like, what's going on? Like, how did they think of this, or why? Why, why was this so important at the time? That's awesome. Yeah, I read this theory that, like, you know, um, you know, because you know, there's all these theories that uh, you know they they use sound, uh, like the ancients, like all over the world, like they had knowledge about how to. You know, uh, they had knowledge about cymatics, which is, uh, you know, the science of sound waves moving things. Mm -hmm. And um, that they had that knowledge. Like, this was one of the things that the secrets, you know, that that made made the kings and and the priests. And, you know, uh, because, you know, the priests were also the doctors and the chemists, right? And for, for the commoner, like, that was like, they were magicians, but they were just physicists and doctors and, and chemists and, right so so they were like you know they would like leave, uh, levitate things or cut things with sound or, well i mean these are the theories right? I, i'm not saying these are facts but um but there was there there was like definitely like presence of water from the from the walls and that means like you know they probably filled the room with water somehow and that was maybe in some way like something that created energy or like they used the resonance of the sound along with water to push something. And so there's a theory that the pyramids, they're they're not just uh, tombs, 
actually like a functioning me- like mechanism that you know had some some kind of function. Right, right. And I, you know, of course, that's like mind-blowingly interesting. And I was like, "That's it, man! I gotta do it." So, <laughs> yeah, uh, no doubt. I met dude uh, right at, after I finished the lyrics and figured out what the phrasing was going to be, and uh, and you know, basically arranged uh, arranged the song or arranged like how the lyrics are going to fit in there. Um, and he was uh, he had experience in recording, um, so. Um, he was this Dutch guy called Michael Rexon, and uh, he he was like, "I'll help you." And so we took uh, took my laptop and uh, Cloud Lifter uh, and the SM7B, and uh, we just we just went in there and we just just set it up, you know, did some tests. Uh, we had another friend with us who had a Zoom. And uh, there was a ladder inside there, so he went up the ladder and uh, just held the zoom near the ceiling. That way, he he would actually the zoom would capture the the, the echo. Yeah, yeah, right? that's awesome. Yeah, because the SM Seven Bs, you know, wouldn't wouldn't right. do that, right? It's right. gonna be direct. So um, we did it and we filmed it because I mean, you gotta document that, you know. Oh, for sure. And uh, that's what you see in the video, right? It's right. Like, it's by the pyramid. Um, but one of the funny things about about that was that one tourist came in. Is and, that right? Uh, we had to stop because you know I was like growling. Oh right. <laughs> and then, but then the dude just he just sat there and he just like watched us because after a while we were like, okay, this dude's like not moving, He's just standing there looking at us. So. <laughs> Keep going, and then he was like, "Oh, you guys are you're doing metal," and I was like, "Yeah, man, like yeah, it's like death metal, you know." And he's like, "Yeah, I know death metal." And then he pulls out his phone and he shows me pictures of him and like Vaken and Hellfest. Oh yeah, these metal fests, and it turns out the dude's a total metalhead. Ha! Awesome. I was like, "That's it, man. That's like the blessing from the gods." (laughs) That's right. tourist who comes in and you know <laughs> catches us doing this turns out to be a metalhead and and he was like totally excited and blown away by that we were doing this and and he he just wa- he just watched us record and stuff and then and then he left that's sick and, uh, yeah so that was just crazy and then um after a while like the guard of the pyramid came down because i was doing these super high-pitched screams mm-hmm. um and he came down and he was like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> yeah. What is all that <laughs> noise? Yeah, he's in the video too. He, he was just kind of like complete. <laughs> he was scared, man. He was, he was like, he was like, I thought you guys were like killing something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, no, man. It's just vocals, bro. <laughs> but the dudes, I mean, this shit's like, I mean, rock music to this guy is like already so beyond his culture that like that this is ex- so extreme <laughs> yeah he just like didn't get it but but he stood there and watched me and and we we left uh, a couple of shots of that um in there like he's just standing there like getting his mind blown like <laughs> uh, like scream and shit right oh that's classic that's hilarious yeah fucking hilarious i yeah. mean it's always that situation too it's like when you're doing 
like you're trying to do a, some badass band photos somewhere or something, you know, and there's always like a couple people from out of nowhere that just, you know, find you in some remote location where you're at <laughs> and uh, yeah. start staring at you while you're trying to do band photos and just don't leave. You're like, dude, <laughs> come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's exactly like that, man. Like they just stand there and, and watch you and, and, you know, I know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, that's really cool because I know, having spoken with you before about how you, uh, you know, performance is part of, is a big part of the art for you. So having, you know, having this, uh, you know, doing it in the, in the cave and, or in the pyramid and uh, having all that stuff going on, it's like, it, it, it's that pressure situation. Like you were telling me about, you know, wearing the mask live and, you know, that the fact that you can't see that well and it helps the performance and all these things that you think about to to amplify the what you're producing you know what i mean it's you think a lot about that stuff yeah man uh, exactly uh, uh like uh, like i said it's all about the experience um and the experience kind of dictates what what i'll do um and so it didn't make sense really to be wearing the mask inside the pyramid mm-hmm felt like these are two different things um so um so i i was just like you know if i'm inside i mean the other the other thing about the pyramid is like it's it's a little hard to breathe in there and it's hard to breathe in the mask oh that and yeah that too really it really wouldn't have done anyone any favors you know so sure um but i just left it and 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 plus like this is like literally my first studio recording so um you know i i i I, like my body has to it has to breathe you know Um, yeah and uh and and yeah so um i i I love that but yeah i mean uh when i when i when i play live like the mask just everything goes dark and all i can see really is if i try to see i i can kind of see my feet and that just kind of puts me in this mindset where, like, um, I'm I'm just really I'm like I'm I'm super nervous, but it's not like stage fright. It's like it's a it's just like a completely different thing because so many things can go wrong, and you, you know there is a little bit of that like not seeing and it being completely dark, and 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 that's kind of like you know also where like I can sort of pull out my demons you know mm. and mm. that's and those are and you know it's it's, it's i i really I, I barely ever get a chance to say this but it, it's really therapeutic i mean it's like really really it's just like i get so much out you know and i, and I always you know and I, and, and I always feel better afterwards <laughs> right yeah i mean it's it's the, the the one particular show I was talking about from Chicago, um, I remember vividly is because you know you were, you guys would gather branch like new branches before every show, you know, and we for this for the for the stage, and I'm like oh, okay well this is interesting so I I got a van I'll go help you guys you know, and then you guys went and got all that all those tree limbs, we put them in the van. On a side note, you know, I was I was pulling branch small pieces of bark out of that van for a couple of years after the fact. <laughs> it gets everywhere. 
Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. I remember yeah. laughing about it. Yeah, it was all good. It's funny. But uh, um, so you go, you get the wood and the branches up on stage. And then as the set progresses, you know, it's like, I don't know. I was just like, you were tearing down and breaking some branches and like becoming part of the, the tree by the end of it, from what I recall. It was just really, really, really cool full set. Thanks, man. Uh, I mean, uh, the, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's about that. It's, you know, it's about like destruction also and, and breaking things, you know, and, and that, that's, you know, that's, that's what we do or that's, you know, that's yeah. what I, what I do with the, uh, with the stuff is that, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're watching something deteriorate, you know, and, and break down and, uh, you know, that's also part of that art slash theater kind of thing where you know you're you know so, something else is going on other than uh you know artists performing there's also things that are visually uh being manipulated and uh i don't know what the, what the opposite of progressing is like i guess dilapidating or or being destroyed or you know, decaying, you know, uh, for lack of a better word, you know, um, and, you know, it just, it just helps, you know, it just helps make the experience for the audience, um, you know, for, you know, more, just more, more involved and more, maybe more interesting. And, and then, and, and for me also, it's like, there's just so much more to do and, um, you know, and, and like I said, it's it's like therapeutic. So like, you know, like getting all that anger out and like all the negativity and stuff, and just like you know, just grabbing things and you know, sometimes those those uh, branches have thorns. So so you know, I've caught myself a little bit. I mean, not nothing like it's never anything that's that, that's that's terrible, or it's not like uh, cutting myself with a knife or something, but. It, but there's definitely this like um, this this pain that's uh, that's you know part of uh, part of the performance you know and, sure. and breaking things and you know um, and I, I really love it I mean I really love the the experience of doing that like and 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 you know it's like I also do it with um, with dead tree branches so it's not so I'm also not like fucking with anything it's not like taking a guitar and smashing it on the drum kit or you know or, or you know it's not like that it's it's like something that's already dead and i'm just like helping it you know you know break down and 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 you know sort of go back into to the earth you know yeah like i like i'm saying man you think about everything i mean you go really really deep with that stuff but i i think that's super cool i mean i'm a huge fan of you know full albums and going from start to finish and stories that have the, you know, our music progresses through a story for the full album. And then obviously live, hopefully we can get back to live music sooner than later. Right. But that aspect of the performance is uh, super important and is kind of missed right now, but. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I really want to perform again, man. It's like, yeah, I mean, like being on stage is, just getting the vibe from the people, even if it's like 10 people, you know, there's just something about it that's, it's just not like any other experience. Right. You know? 
Well, we know no, I, we know Carl's involved. Carl Sanders from Nile. We know Derek Rowdy, um, who's you know needs no introduction. But um, can you fill in the rest of the uh, uh, the, the musicians that you wanted to that, that fit this puzzle perfectly as you're putting it together? Yeah, a whole bunch. Um, and actually, what, what I tried to also really concentrate on is to kind of get that Egyptian vibe. Um, I chose people that I had brought over to Egypt on on different occasions because, of course, like you know, you know, we were limited with like budget and stuff. Yeah. So, you know, I, I couldn't, I really couldn't bring in a bring in a basis from Europe or the states and uh, uh, or or all the other people because all I mean, I mean, also like when you're writing, you're you're writing a skeleton, you're writing a demo, and the production phase is something that's really thought later on like okay here's the skeleton like and then you start you know, like, you know like it'd be really cool to put a harmony here you know uh you know what what's the best instrument for this harmony like you know maybe it's keyboards maybe you know so like i mean you don't want to bring a keyboardist if you don't know if song is going to need one you know what i mean so you know what i'm saying it's like you you, you it's really about like guitars and drums you know like, those are what I mean, of course, if I had the budget, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd bring so many people. But you, you have to, you have to be practical, and you have to really you know, work things out. Do you remember how long about it took for you to get the like, kind of the meat of the song put together? You know, between Carl and Derek and and yourself and those first sessions. Well, it was pretty quick, man, and. and Know, that's the thing about pros, man. I mean, uh, yeah. Mahmoud and, and Derek and Carl, like, um, you know, I mean, w- w- basically what I did was, like, I would take them to um, an ancient site on one day. And, I mean, that that's usually kind of exhausting, like, you know, going to Giza. Yeah. It's not that fun, like, you know, walking up the plateau or, like, or all the way, like, seeing the Sphinx and then you have to walk to the pyramids, which again, it's it's not it's walking distance. It's not like some insane distance. It's not like kilometers away, but still, like it really takes a lot of energy out of you. And then, like interacting with locals who are you know trying to sell you souvenirs. And, oh, I mean, yeah. there's just so much that happens. Like there, there's no way we do that and then go jam. You know. Okay. So it was was usually like we, we, we visit we visit something one day, and then the next day, we'll, you know everyone's well rested uh from the night before and we we go and we start jamming and it started out with like carl like you know he started just like uh playing playing the beginning yep then uh and then derek just i mean derek was fucking awesome because he he really took no pun intended uh the bull by the horns um but he really just kind of was like super uh Leading, you know, um, and the Carl uh, Mahmoud were just sort of following Derek, and um, I like for me it's like again I'm not a musician, so uh, when things are happening in real time, like I, I, you know, I'm just someone who's just watching, you know, respectfully, and I don't get involved because it's very hard for me to come up with an idea, and I don't want to impose, you know, and I, I don't want to be like you got to add this right now that I made, you know what I mean? So uh, I'm not like that for me. It's like, it's got to be the best thing and that has to be organic. 
you know, by the third uh, day of jamming, um, they got to a point where, you know, like a, like a chorus would have been a cool idea for a chorus part. And I, you know, I kind of, I had an idea, but I, I, but I had like two days to listen to, you know, how the song starts, like the, the main riff and then like how it changes and like where it goes. So I, like, I had an idea and I just spoke out. I was, uh, I just told them, Hey guys, like, um, I want to hum something to you guys and see what you guys think. And I hummed it and they, they really liked it. They kind of like slightly altered, like I had done it. I had like two parts, but they really liked, uh, the very, the first part of it. Um, like I had like two sentences for lack of a better mm-hmm. word. And, um, they, they use like the first sentence and then that, that's the chorus of the song. So it was awesome, man. It was, it was really, it was just like super organic and it just flowed and awesome. You know, yeah. it was just cool. And then, um, so that, but that, see that, that took a week, barely. Um, after that, the, the, there's a process of, um, coming up with vocal phrasing and, right. um, yeah, I mean, like, um, uh, that took me like a while. I mean, yeah, that's never an easy process. And I think everyone has their own way of doing it, but I'm curious, like, how do you find the best, um, way to go about figuring out your cadence or the way you're going to structure the vocal patterns when, when you're writing music? Yeah. I mean, my, my, you know, my influences are like, you know, Glenn Benton, Steve Tucker, and Jared Anderson, like, we love, like, what they do that a lot of vocalists don't do is that they really try to make the shit catchy as hell, like, they find pockets and kind of hit the pocket, you know? Mm. That's what I, like, you know, that was, like, how I approach it, is, like, where are the pockets, you know? Oh, yeah. And I'm just gonna, you know, ride, ride the pockets, kind of, you know? And, um, I, I really feel like I I I, I succeeded, but I'm actually like I'm really really happy with uh, how how it came out. And yeah, it was it was just like it was just like really fun. I mean, it really. I, the first thing I did, I, I did something, and that's kind of usually how I do it. I I come up with something, and I try to convince myself it's cool, <laughs> and then I'm like. Nah, man, like, I'm just kind of riding the guitars, uh, you know, and that's just kind of lame, you know what I mean, when you're just, like, vocalizing what the guitar is doing, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. You want to actually kind of more, you know, uh, concentrate on what the drums are doing, uh, and then, like, fight, find the pockets there, and then also, like, you know, accommodate the guitar to it, but, you know, if you just kind of go with the guitar, then usually it's, like, super boring. Yeah, I, I know what you mean, yeah boring at first and, and then um, and I was like no I'm, I'm scrapping this you know? uh, also the lyrics that I had written for it were you know, just did nothing fit anymore so I was like fuck this and, and then I just started you know once I found the pocket like everything else was, was pretty easy afterwards so that took me about I mean the length of time like of working on it maybe it was like you know accumulating maybe like a week but it did take me like several months to, to 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 finally get like from start to finish like shit exactly how i wanted right 
And that's kind of nice about not having like a deadline. I mean, you could just like, you know, get it to 100% where you want it. Yeah, well, I mean, also the, yeah, I mean that, but then also like the, the, the cool thing is that, see, I, you know, like a lot of people um, wouldn't, would, I mean, here in Egypt, like, I don't think I would have found someone who, you know, would have really had the, uh, I don't know how to call it, um, would have been down with going to the pyramids and doing it because, you know, you can get in trouble. Yeah. If you get really shitty, you know, so, you know, but, but the, so, but Michael, I mean, he's Dutch and, you know, he's just, yeah, I mean, he's, he's kind of, crazy like me and he didn't he didn't it didn't bother him and he doesn't sound like <laughs> no he he was like he was like holy shit like that's an awesome idea let's <laughs> do it so so i was like yeah you you, you, you i mean you want to do this and he was like yeah i was like fuck it okay like well yeah i was gonna say like the the, the danger of getting caught too right like that probably added to the inflection <laughs> in the performance yeah then i mean he was he was really awesome too because I, I actually what happened was when the guard guy came down, like he was like yelling and shit, and I was like, "Oh, I think we better go." <laughs> and he was like, "He was like, he said something that was so fucking smart." He was like, "Look, man, like, you know, if this guy's gonna like, you know, get called the cops or something, like, let's finish that way. Like, you know, when we get out of jail, we have the material. <laughs> the cops are coming anyway, right? Then you know, then." and we're getting arrested anyway, you might as well have the material instead of, uh, like freaking out and packing up and then getting arrested and not having finished. Yeah. Right. Well, I guess you guys chose right because you made it out and you got a good product out yeah. of it. <laughs> I explained to the guy and, you know, just kind of compensated him a little bit. <laughs> as long as you're not murdering anybody down here. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Exactly. That'll be for the next one, the follow-up one. <laughs> oh man, that's great. So I take it you're—I mean, you should be—but you're you're really really proud of this. Sounds like, and rightly so. Yeah, I'm really proud, and I really, 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 really hope people dig it. And um, I mean, the the pre-sales have been fucking awesome. Yeah, where can everyone where can everyone pick? The, I mean, I know they're going to see it all over the internet when it comes out on Wednesday, but where can they? You have a specific link or whatever they can go to to get it? Or, um, I mean, right now all I can say is like the my Bandcamp, madersoticartist.bandcamp.com. Uh, cool. Uh, uh, and you know, with my physical distributor, um, they're called Music Video Distributors. 
because uh, I I don't I really after working with um, season of mess I really don't have any interest in working with labels. So yeah. um, um, so it's just going to be like in stores direct from from the distributor, and uh, it's like whatever stores that the distributor sends the copies to. Right. But if they uh, if anyone like wants to get it from a store, they can actually ask the store to get it. So all right on. Uh, that that would be that would be you know mainstream stuff like you know Best Buy and um, but um, you know also I mean of course it's available digitally. But um, but what I'm saying is like if if this is like a real success and like people really like it and they want more, I mean we kind of like you know would like to make something where because you know Derek and Carl uh, would, uh, they were they were only here for like barely ten days. And of course, like there's the day of arrival, which is you know resting, yeah. and the day of uh, departure, which also the, you know you know we're not going to work on the day they they leave. You know, so it was really kind of like eight days, and in eight days we we made this. So and you guys went and toured a lot, like of those sites too, in those eight days. So on top of that, you wrote the song. Yeah. You know, yeah. So it was like four days of like. Yeah, doing tourist stuff, and then eight days of uh, jamming. So, and then and then everyone went home, and like Derek went home and recorded the drums at, at his studio. Right. And uh, uh, like same with everyone else. Like everyone went to where where it's comfortable for them to record. Mm-hmm. That's how like you know the stuff was actually recorded. You know, um, in the states and in Dubai where Mahmoud lives, and then. Um, yeah, I'd like to actually talk about like the because uh, you asked me and I didn't actually say their names, but uh, but Dominic Forrest Lapointe, who's um, the amazing fretless bassist. Um, like I had brought him here for two shows. Like he plays bass on uh, the version of the song called "Polluted Waters," and uh, also Alex Zuber, uh He's like he's a great uh, Canadian uh, guitarist. He he actually visited Egypt on his own like a uh, long time ago um, and, uh, and then there's uh, someone who I'm super excited to have worked with uh, her name is Nancy Munir and she actually plays uh, theremin uh, and I fucking love this instrument I've hmm. been wanting to use it on death metal for like, forever and she just does a fucking incredible job um, and she's Egyptian, actually, so uh, I didn't have to bring her here. Awesome, awesome. Uh, also, on the other version of the song, it's uh, Morian from uh, Dark Fortress and Alkaloid. Like he, I, I brought both Dark Fortress and Alkaloid to Egypt for a show like a while back. You know, um, he he's an amazing vocalist, uh, but he, he just uh, I got him to do chants and this like super epic part of the song. Uh, it's not. Uh, this this version of the song is called Black Desires, so that you haven't heard yet. But it's it's um, it's kind of it counters kind of the theremin from the other version. So um, cool. Uh, he was he was he did an amazing job. And then also I brought uh, Sean Lacan from uh, Future Pile. Like I got him to play a show in, in Egypt, and uh, I mean the dude's just awesome. And uh, I got him to sing the chorus with me. So that was just fucking cool. Wow. Um, yeah, and uh, of course there's Ben 
from uh, he plays bass uh, from Gorod, and uh, he also plays on uh, the, the Black Virus version of the song. Um, and uh, yeah, man, I mean, just fucking awesome people. Uh, and again, like you know, those none of those people were present when Carl and Derek and myself were here. Right, just, right. Like they came here on for different reasons. Like uh, Ben actually came to visit me. Um, like he he wanted to come to Egypt, so stayed at my place. Cool. Um, so yeah, man, it was, it was just like super fucking amazing team, and um, I, I really hope people dig it. That's awesome. So just uh, just to clarify, so. For people, more like an EP with, you know, a song with multiple versions, right? Yeah. Um, kind of like a very 90s style single. Um, I guess now it's, uh, the proper name would be an EP because there's multiple tracks. Um, also, one of the tracks is like a, like a sort of like a throat chanting um, inside of a, one of the sarcophagi of the Serapium. So... Like I sing the vocals for the song in the pyramid, but then I do the ch- like these like uh, throats singing chants inside. Like I actually snuck inside the sarcophagi. Awesome. And <laughs> so so there's that, and then there's um, the version called Black Osiris, uh, which is Mahmoud. Uh, he plays he plays the rhythm, and Carl plays the, the solo. And that song is like what I consider like real like natasonic style like like death metal with like this really intense like black metal influence sure mm-hmm. and then there's uh, the polluted waters which which is coming out first uh, the video is coming out first i mean and that's kind of um it's like you know carl sanders tone you know like the, the tone that you kind of you know hear at nile you know yeah um, so, you know it's way more carl sanders than than it is like you know the, the 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 style that people expect from me. You know, hmm. uh, and then um, there's a live song, and that's like the last show we ever played, which was with um, Jim Ross um, and then Alex Zuber, who's uh, on the who's also on the uh, Polluted Water song. Cool. Um, and Kevin Paradis on drums mm-hmm. and uh, George Meyer um, on bass. And uh, it was the very last show we ever played, and we, we played the song for the first time. Awesome. So you get to hear, um, and the cool thing about the, the live song is that it's actually like a really cool combination of um, the two the two versions, you know, so in, in a way it's like, it's its own version too. So um, it's really cool, man. I, I'm, I'm really, really happy with that live. Uh, very cool. I think for for us playing it for the very first time, and also like, you know, uh, I know it's a little weird, but it's like you know the first time it's being played, it's not being played really by the people who wrote it, you know. So it was it, it was also interesting, like hearing um, Jim and mm-hmm. uh, Alex's and, and like you know and George and Kev, like you know interpretation of sure of how to play it. You know? Badass. Yeah, I mean, yes. there's there's the a lot tracks. to it. There's a lot to this project, that's for sure. A lot of people involved. Yeah. The, the song is pretty long too. It's like eight minutes. 
So, um, you know, it's still, it clocks in at almost uh, 25 minutes. So it's still like a pretty beefy record. It's not, it's not like you're, you know, it's not like you're getting just eight minutes, you know, it's, it's actually, there's, there's a lot to it. That's well, you've definitely piqued my interest with the, I don't know if you'd consider them alternate versions, but just different takes on the whole thing. I think it's a great idea. It does kind of remind me of the single days where you'd have like, you know, you'd flip the tape over and you'd have the, you know, an alternate version or something on the other side or whatever. But um, I think it's, I don't know, I like it. It's got a cool story. There's a lot of thought behind, uh, you know, the song and the origins of everything and the people that are involved in it. There's just a lot. I mean, we've barely scratched the surface and we've been talking for over an hour on it. You know, that's, there's a lot to this, a lot of work. And yeah, it's like a, it really is like a 90s single. Like I, I grew up in the 90s, so um, I grew up in the 80s, but uh, you know, I was started collecting music in the 90s and and uh, that's when like, you know, they were making a lot of CDs. They, they were making singles and the single, it was usually like, you know, uh, like the song and then like a remix and then, uh, you know, different like, uh, you know, video edits. And, you know, there was always be all these different versions of the same song and then like it live and then maybe like a b-side you know and, and so that's just like what i loved you know i sure i, I like i love those days I, I you know i love i loved owning an album and then also like owning all the singles that came with it because it was it was like all this really cool bonus material you know? mm, agreed that's, that's what i was kind of trying to do with this killer well it's always a pleasure chatting with you my man I hope all yeah, the, I hope all the best for this release on Wednesday when this comes out. I'm sure it's going to get some awesome reviews. Um, I think it's uh, a great, great video, great song. Um, I don't know. I'm I, I'm a fan of what you put out, so I knew I was going to like it. It definitely didn't disappoint. But just knowing those cool little fun facts about you know how you recorded vocals in the pyramid and and, and all those other aspects, it's I don't know, man. It's really cool. Awesome, man. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad you dig it, man. Glad. I'm really glad. Uh, yeah, the vi- the video comes out uh, this Wednesday, but the, uh, the like the actual disc comes out November twentieth. Okay. So it's kind of a while. That, well, actually, it's uh, well, I guess now it's like one month away. Yeah, it's about a month away. Yeah. But the main video will come out this Wednesday, and that'll give you that'll give you the whole uh, perspective on. Uh, the seraphium and and all good stuff there so so go check out uh, the bandcamp uh, link i'll put it in the show notes description below um this episode uh so we'll link it directly to your site um so you can go check out um all of nighter stuff and um other than that man i wish you the best and i'm sure we'll be chatting again after it gets released and I'm looking forward to reading all those positive reviews <laughs> Awesome, man. Thanks so much, man. I, I really enjoyed this. I'm glad that you asked, uh, you know, questions about, like, even before any of the music stuff. Cause it's, uh, you know, it gets, it gets kind of lost. And, and I think uh, my project can confuse a lot of people because they think, they think Nagasotic is a band. So I'm, I'm always grateful to get the opportunity to talk about, uh, like, what it really is. Right on. Yeah, and I'm definitely going to, 
do some investigation into some of those other YouTube links you were directing me to about like the Red Pyramid and a couple of those guys that are those scientists over there that are have these theories with the with the uh, the sonics and the water and all that stuff. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, that shit's like super fascinating, man. Like, uh, I'm sure it'll blow you away. <laughs> Looking forward to it, man. So, well, thanks for thanks for taking uh, time out of your day to to chat, man. It's always good to to, to chat with you, and um, I think this uh, it's really going to blow some people's minds. So, congrats on all the hard work, and it's definitely a killer, more killer material from you. And looking forward to seeing you guys live again someday. Hopefully sooner than later. Awesome, man. Yeah, for real, right? Like, Jesus, man. I, <laughs> I, yeah, man. It's like, we, yeah, things just gotta, they have to change by sometime next year. It's, it's getting really frustrating. And, yeah, like writing all this new stuff. Um, it makes you want to get out there and perform it. Yeah, and you're like, damn, enough already. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's just frustrating, but but I mean, I'm sure we'll we'll get through it somehow. I'm sure, I hope that we'll get back to something close to normal. Well, it has to turn around at some point. I would I would imagine. But uh, well, enjoy the rest of uh, your your evening over there. Um, thanks for sharing the content with me and uh, letting me pick your brain about the origins and the ideas of some of these uh, some of these things. But I find it fascinating. So, cheers, man. Yeah, thanks, man. Best of success, and we'll chat with you soon. Yeah, awesome. Take care, man. (laughs) 